Blog Talk Radio. October 30th edition of 2011, and yes, it is the Halloween show, but it's one day before Halloween. So this way we can get everybody all excited about Halloween, and tomorrow you could really get your Halloween on in whichever way you wish, and make sure you protect those children out there, keep them safe. I am your host, David Baker. Welcome to Beyond the Gate Radio, and tonight... My wife, Sherelle, is a co-host. Good evening, Sherelle. How are you doing? Good evening. Okay, I always wanted to say that. Good evening, everyone. Happy pre-Halloween. Happy pre-Halloween, David. I am excited to be here today because it is a pre-Halloween show, and um, I will get a chance to have, like, trick-or-treaters and Halloween trick-or-treats tomorrow night. So I'm very excited about that. And just excited to have a wonderful guest on today, uh, Sandy Wells. And uh, it's just a really, it's going to be a really great show. So I'm sorry. I jumped the gun a little bit, David. But um, I'm just really excited to have our guest on today. Well, since you did all that, why not go further? Happy Halloween, everybody. (laughs) There you go. That should set the tone even more. (laughs) Hey, there's no ducks on Halloween. Okay. (laughs) Maybe. Didn't you know I was dressing up as a duck? Oh, right, right. Okay, I want to let everybody know that our show next week is going to be Tony Castagna. He's a spirit medium. He's one of the youngest mediums in the United States and the world. He's a friend. He's been on uh, radio, and he does uh, public and private readings. Tony Castagna, a very talented uh, medium. He's going to be uh, on our show for the first time next Sunday. But today we have an exciting guest. We have Sandy Wells. And she is the uh, author of Beyond Life, The Ghost Chronicles, co-written by Daniel Norvell. And I want to tell you just a little bit about Sandra, because I know a lot of people listening to this already know, but for those newbies. And we'll find out more about her as the show goes on. But Sandra Wells has been featured several times in newspapers, books, on radio shows, and TV, both on mainstream media, Montel Williams Show, on CBS, for example, and also online TV, Seattle Paranormal, SCA, and SCAN TV programs as well. Sandra uses her knowledge and experiences 
of the paranormal and has often held workshops and done several speaking engagements at local clubs and a couple of paranormal conferences to educate novice listeners about those beyond life. So she's been doing paranormal investigations for well over 30 years. Uh, she's an expert. And, you know, they have the saying in, in the world of parapsychology is that, you know, nobody claims to really know everything, but the more you've done it, the more experience you have, perhaps the more knowledge you have. But I think one of the goals is to continue to seek information to see if there is life beyond here and to discover, you know, what it is. If there is life, what's going on? Is there evidence of it? It's a continued search. And, and that's really amazing. And, and tonight's book is is a really good book. It's kind of like, I hate to call it a fictional book, but it is a fictional book. And uh, I read it, and I must say that it's almost not a fictional book. They are very, very knowledgeable about the material they wrote in there. I'm very impressed. But before I go on and on to find out more, let's bring on Sandy Wells. Good evening, Sandy, and welcome to Beyond the Gate Radio. Hi, David. Hi, Cheryl. How you doing? Great. Great. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing really good, other than it's we're trying to get blown away here by the wind and, and rain. <laughs> it's terrible. It's trying to it's trying to set you up for winter for some reason already, huh? Apparently so. <laughs> well, it can just stay away as long as it wants because I'm not a winter person. I'm more of a fall person, you know. I like when the leaves are falling. Me in the... too. Mm-hmm. I used to be a summer person, and then I started having these hot flashes, so that nicks that in the bud. <laughs> oh, I understand you know, I'm now I'm a fall person. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit about your story. Tell us a little bit personally just kind of how you got started because, you know, um, David couldn't put the book down, and I was just really excited about you know, having you on the show tonight to just talk a little bit about your experience, experiences and um, how you got started, really. Well, um, I've, I've always liked to write stories, but uh, last year, when after I met da- uh, Dan, uh, which is my co-author for the book, um, he was on me and Russ's first radio show uh, last year. I think it was last year. <laughs> I don't know, time keeps kind of slipping away from me, but um, he, Dan was our first guest, and he, or actually him and his team, Small Town Paranormal, and uh, after that we became close friends, and then he started putting these articles on Facebook um, about different stories and this kind of thing, and, and I, I write, like writing stories, so I said, well, Dan, you know, we ought to write a book together, and everybody kept telling him, well, you know, you, you really should write more. I mean, you have a great talent at it. And and so it took me a few months to kind of wheedle him into the the idea, but we did get it out there and, and start writing the stories and, and putting them together and deciding which ones we wanted to put in this book. I think that's so. awesome because it, you know, it just kind of shows how people – you know, can get it together. It, it takes a little, it does take a little nudge. 
Um, you know, because you might have one person who's ready and the other person's not quite ready. But then once you mm-hmm. kind of get it together, you do a great job. You really did a good job. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. We we had fun writing the stories. Um, now, for me, my stories, um, I believe, fit more with what the type of investigations that Russ and I have done over the years, um, the kind of encounters that we've had, uh, not only in investigations, but being able to, being people of <laughs> um the talent, you know, the, or the gift of being able to communicate with those who've moved right. on, you know, Passed you know. On. right, right, right. It makes a it makes it. It was easier for me probably to write about those kind of stories than it was um, for Dan at the time when he began. But he's he's discovered over the last year or so that he's had he has some sensitive abilities um, that have come in, you know, that he's had to use <laughs> himself. So um, I, w- I worked with him for a little while and then just kept telling him, just relax and let it flow. And and he has been, and he he does pretty good, <laughs> you know, so. So now that you mentioned that, mm-hmm. do you find that people, whether they think they have abilities or not, once they start, you know, these paranormal investigations after a period of time, do you think that the investigators' senses now heightened, like they're opening the psychic door and they're able to, like, sense if something is there or not once they walk in, feel the energy, good or bad, or whatever. Let's say after 50 investigations, for example, compared to their first few, does that make any mm-hmm. sense to you? Is yeah, there any it does. truth to that? Um, Actually, it is. Uh, it's quite true. Um, I imagined uh, if, if you would do a, a survey of paranormal investigators that have been into, have done several or have been in the research for several years, um, they can tell you when they walk into a building uh, that there's activity or there isn't. It, it's it's a feel of... That's true. There, there's like a feeling of heaviness or a smell I, I can't explain it really other than there's there's a smell in the air that you know when you walk into a building that you can you can sense it you can smell it um i mean at least for me that's the way it is i know it is that way for russ as well um we've been like a, you know like you said we've been doing this for a very very long time so we walk into a building or drive past a building in our car and we play this little game, well, what do you think? You know, I'll ask him, what do you think? And because I have already picked, you say, like, I would have already picked up something. And then he'll say, yeah, it's upper right window or whatever. That's where the activity is. And and, and usually the, he, we're pretty close. I mean, most of the time, probably 75% um, as to whether we both feel the activities in the same area or not, you know. So... It, it does. I mean, you know, you, you let, uh, like I said, any paranormal investigator go into, or a seasoned paranormal investigator go into a building, and they'll be able to tell you whether there's activity or not. So I do believe, I do believe yes, that it opens up your mind because you you get, during an investigation, you come in contact with this energy, the spirit energy, and I believe that that, it does 
somehow open open your mind or open the pineal gland to receive information. So some of the psychic tools that I use or you know that people <laughs> use, you know, they have different names for them. And I think you described uh, perhaps one of them, mm-hmm. clairsentience, we call it. This means clear feeling. You know, mm-hmm. uh, somebody can sense when spirits or ghosts are present and maybe even notice their feelings and their personalities. And another one's called clairaliance, which is the ability to pick up smells from the psychic nose. You know, we mm-hmm. do from the physical nose, but oftentimes it could be from the psychic nose as well. So yes. I think that you're right because all that information does come from the pineal gland and um, at least... You know, it, it's processed by your brain once it goes, filters through there, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more you exercise those abilities, whether you're trying to or not, they just start turning on automatically because your mind is directed towards, you know, trying to pick us up something in a higher vibration. So automatically, intentionally or not, those things are going to start working for you. And and I think that's right. amazing. Now, mm-hmm. uh you know, when I started reading about ghosts and information about them, some people that inspired me were like Hans Holzer, mm-hmm. Michael Bodine, and, and Leslie Rule, oh, right. people like that. Did you yes. have anybody that inspired you when you were, first got interested in that? Uh, other than the spiritual side that I dealt with since I was four, uh, no, I mean, it was just uh, something that Russ and I, since we've been together, have always been interested in. We just started acting on it about 1986. I mean, it was because we've been married since 1981. So, you know, it, it was just a matter of getting, you know, getting enough nerve to go out and do it for the first time, you know. I mean, it, I know it sounds kind of strange coming from somebody that... Uh, that can communicate with the other side that, you know, you'd be a little fearful of what you were going to come in contact with, but it's different. It, uh, I, you probably know what I'm talking about, David. You're, you're When you're dealing with a lost loved one, it, it's a lot different communicating with them than it is dealing with a person or a spirit that was, that has been stuck here, you know, for whatever reason due to tragedy, um, trauma, oh, right. right? Suicide, yeah, I know murder, exactly what whatever. you're talking about. It's different mm-hmm. because I've not only communicated with you know spirits that went to the light, but also ghosts that you know are what do you call grounded spirit that has not went to mm-hmm. the light yet. They are still here, and right. I find that usually not only do they have the same personality that they mm-hmm. had when they were here, but they have went to the light and made a connection with their you know, higher knowledge and realizing what it's all about. So they still don't have a clue. They're still kind of blocked from it until they go through the light. So being as it goes, mm-hmm. and some of them may have seen the light and are not sure what it is or maybe be afraid to go to it or for whatever reason. But if you have somebody that hasn't went to the life and the person was a really nice person, you know, you might mm-hmm. see some sweet old lady if they show themselves mm-hmm. to you. Now, if somebody was a real jerk, 
maybe use drugs and maybe like to bully people, you're going to get a nasty spirit or ghost. Exactly. Am I correct? <laughs> yes. And, you know, yeah. So that that's pretty much how it is. And like you said, the spirit, well, the spirit world are always positive and so forth. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that and, the, and people have to remember that just because someone dies does not mean their personality changes. I mean, it just means, you know, like if, if they were a cranky old stinker in, in life, then they're going to be a cranky old stinker in death, you know, so, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's not like um, they're going to go, they're going to cross over to uh, whatever plane of existence they're in when they're still remaining in our earthly plane, Um you know, they don't change. They stay the same. As a matter of fact, they get more frustrated as time goes by being, I guess, stuck here, I guess would be the proper word, you know, that they haven't crossed into that that upper dimension, you know, into the light or whatever. Well, you guys, yes. you guys what it is is that these movies show, show people... Um, Oh, when you cross over, you know all the light bulbs go on, and you mm-hmm. you get to know all the higher knowledge, learning, and blah blah blah. And then That's when it, when they cross over and it doesn't happen, you're kind of like, mm-hmm. well, what gives? You know, mm-hmm. uh, it said it, you know, like because we believe TV so much. Um, how come it's not like they said it was on TV? So That's right. that would be my question. Exactly, and. Yeah. The thing, the thing about the media um, shows uh, right now is they make everything either look evil or they make it look mundane or they make. I mean, there's just a wide gambit of wrongful think, thinking being thrown out to the public. Um, and I guess I, I guess I have no objection to the shows. They're entertaining, um, but that's about it. There's no real asset to them you know, for the public as far as I'm concerned. I think but someone they, would they have, have more. They have a would, softened. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, that, that that's true. I think some of, them, they, some of them should have more, but, you know, at least it softened the blow, I think, and opened the, the door. Some of them have opened the door for oh, um, I agree with you there. us to open mm-hmm. our mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I I do um, miss you know. But when you they they can't show you all the the real stuff because that's that's really spooky. I mean, life is better than fiction any day. And you mm-hmm. know, if they could show you the real things that really happen, we'd scare scare our pants off. So. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, there's some there's some crazy stuff going on out there in the world right now. And oh yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, and the thing is, is that if, you know, but what worries me about the media is they don't, let's see, let's, bet, let's rewind a little bit here for a second. I think that people would be more logically um, or logical to go talk to somebody who's been in this research for a long time rather than watch it on TV because they're, they're yeah. getting... They're getting the worst parts of something that really isn't that frightening. Um, they're getting the worst parts of evidence that may or may not be real, you know. And that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm talking about. And then also, 
you know, Ghost Whisper, for example, that, you know, there are parts in there that could happen, mm-hmm. but, you know, they, mm-hmm. I guess they showed the way they do, so, you know, for TV, so people can, you know, get an idea of what's going on, although, mm-hmm. you know, it's just really hype big time, but if it wasn't, it'd be boring, and people would watch it, you know. Right. right? And uh, I know it's a little early in in the show here, but uh, are you do you want to take a call right now, and then we can chat some more later? Sure. Sure. Okay, we have somebody on the phone that may All want right. to talk to you. Okay, area code five zero three five zero three. Welcome to Beyond the Gate Radio. You're here with Sherelle and David Baker and our wonderful guest Sandy Wells. Five zero three. Hello. Oh, they might be just listening. Hello. Hello. Oh, okay. Hello. You're welcome. Oh. Welcome to Beyond the Gate Radio. How are you? Okay. They probably just called in to listen. That's okay. Probably. That's okay. Sandy, um, do you believe that? You no. Know, you know. As a medium, of course, I talk about. You know, two different worlds, and I try to split them, be specific, because there is a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody dies, and they go through the light, they go through the tunnel, and then they end up mm-hmm. in the spirit world, whatever. But mm-hmm. those that don't do that, that, you know, pass away, you die, and you slip out of your body, next thing you know, you know you're a ghost. So if you're, right. if you're a ghost and your energy is a little bit heavier because, you know, it's at a lower level than, you know, the actual spirit world. And mm-hmm. wouldn't you say that um, perhaps people have more encounters with ghosts than they do spirits because the dimension is you know, a little bit lower. It's kind of like next to our dimension. And, and the ghost mm-hmm. probably has like one foot in our dimension and one foot in theirs, more or less. Correct. That's what, that's what I believe, too. I, I don't... I think that that once you cross into, see, I like to make a definition between, like, I call a spirit as someone who's crossed and a ghost, you know, obviously being someone who has not yet. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Um, Yeah, and so I think that spirit um, has a harder time getting through that veil between our worlds. Um, And the longer they're gone, the, the harder it is for them to pass through that 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 veil, I, I call it a veil because that's how it was described to me, um, yes. actually by Russ because actually by Russ because uh, he's had a couple different experiences where he's I don't know if you call it astral traveling or whatever, but he went to the other side, and recently actually in his his accident he went to the other side, but that's another story. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, I think that that when you are dealing with a ghost, you um the energy is much heavier. Um it's it's thick. It's it, let's see, the best way to describe it is what I say is it's like walking through jello in the air. Um oh, good. Okay. Yeah, you know how a jello is it's it's not a real it's almost liquid, but it's not quite liquid and it just if you pass your finger through it, you can tell the difference between air and that. Um, right. It's a thicker. Right. It's a thicker feeling, you know. And um, I've I've walked through areas where you almost feel like somebody's standing on your shoulders and pushing you to the ground, 
it gets so heavy, yeah, you know, like thick. Yes. And that's my description of the difference between um, spirit and ghost. Uh, a lot of because a lot of people yeah. say, well, is it is it my mom? Is it my dad? You know, um, or whatever. And it's more of a to me, spirit is spirit feels light, like a almost like it's floating like a feather. You know, it's it's real light. It's it's airy, but a ghost is heavy and and um, I can't even think of the word I'm trying to think of. But hey, yeah, but like, I know what like you it, mean. It, yeah, you can it's, feel it's it. Harder to, you know? Yeah, yeah, the energy is heavier. You feel it. Like. Yeah, when I come in contact with a ghost, um, whether and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're touching me or they're doing anything bad to me. It just means the energy that I'm receiving from them is extremely. It energizes my whole body. It's like it starts on my feet and zips up to my head, and and it and it feels tingly like like if you stuck your tongue on a, a battery when you're a kid. You know that little feeling. Oh yeah. Except it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of feels like that to me, except a little stronger. And and it and then I read from that, depending as to whether the ghost is is friendly or more grumpy, or I like put them into, <laughs> you know, I separate them into categories. You know, there's a nice one, the, the grumpy one, and then there's the one that you don't want to be around. You know, kind of thing. That's how I do it anyway. That makes sense. Not you know, there's. Some people that can uh, only see ghosts, I guess they call them ghost whispers these days, like famous uh, medium Peter James. He worked with uh, Derek Acora, who who can see both. But you know, some people like Jim Van Praag claims he can only see spirits that are crossed over it and, and not ghosts. And Peter James claimed they can only see ghosts. And uh, some mediums can see both, like me. But... Uh, talked to somebody one time that said that they didn't see crossover spirits, but one time they sent some ghosts to the light, and that's the only time they're able to see their relatives waiting for them and such. But it's, mm-hmm. when you cross over to the light, it takes you know, a lot. Of, you can come back. It takes you know, a lot of energy. You need to help mm-hmm. them to come back for a visit. So that's how they do it right. from there. Now, a ghost get your attention needs to get energy too but they don't have people helping them so they as you probably well know use you know sources uh local local sources of energy from batteries or you know anything in a room everything in a building contains energy furniture or you name it mm-hmm. there's something there they can yeah. draw energy from it but it's better if you have something that has like a battery or electromagnetic energy or something like that so anyway, mm-hmm. I want to ask you a question because this relates sure. to your book. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this. Now, see, I'm not going to tell you what I know. I'm going to ask you because you're very knowledgeable. And I must say that, you know, by reading your book, I almost thought that it was, you know, nonfiction because you are so knowledgeable about the afterlife. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you on your material there as a medium mm-hmm. on almost everything in there. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this very interesting question. Is there mm-hmm. a time in the astral plane where the ghosts reside? Um, you know, they must be, because there's a lot of times when we've investigated where we know a place is haunted, because 
say, for instance, we've investigated it prior, and then you go back a second time and you're not getting any activity whatsoever, I believe that they go into rest just like um, spirit does when they cross from a traumatic, you know, like they cross into the into the light. They, I believe that they have to go into a rest period um, to re-energize their spirit because of the fact that they've been through some horrible trauma or could be like a cancer death or, you know, whatever. And okay. But ghosts, ghosts, I believe, do the same thing. Um, I believe that they have a time of rest. It's not like time like we know it, but it's, it's a time when they have to re-energize um, if that makes any sense at all, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they have yes, to kind of, it's almost like they're they're asleep and they don't want to be bothered, you know. Um, to me, that's what it's like. And then other times you're going to get like this amazing amount of ener- energy in the place, and you're going to get a lot of evidence and and things like that. But it's not always the same because we investigated, for instance, we investigated. A place in Montana. It's an old old prison. And each time that we went back, we investigated it four times. Each time we went back, we got different um, evidence, and never the same. Never the same uh, spirit, or or I should say ghost. Never the same ghost. Always different kinds of activity. We got residual. We got interactive. We got or intelligent, whatever you want to call, whatever people want to call it. Um, and then we also got. Uh, pure communication, you know, from the ghost. And so, and plus Russ got um, attacked at that prison, which in up until it was probably 20, 24 years, you know, he had, we had never had an encounter like that, but he got pushed against the wall. I, I don't know. I just think that, that there is there is a place that ghosts sleep, <laughs> so to speak, you know, that they rest. Yeah. Well, this is kind of like my take on it, not, uh, you know, just to add a little something that, you know, we have time because it's measured by the clocks, which go by the movement of celestial bodies and everything, mm-hmm. day and night, the movement of the sun and so forth. Now, in the spirit world, uh, okay, let's just clarify it. In the ghost world, not talking about spirit world through the light, but where ghosts are, my mm-hmm. take on it is that you no, know, there's no time like ours. It's not the same thing, but you no, know, it's hard to express how they experience, you know, different things. They experience it mm-hmm. by events, not a clock or time, but by events. Right. So you no, know, exactly. If you're interacting with a ghost, you no know, time is going by because you're doing different things. But then. When they do that, as you said, and they use up their energy, and they need to go sit down somewhere and rest, and they, they do. Then, if they're not thinking about anything or they're resting, like you said, there's no time because by the time they say, "Okay, I've had enough rest," it might be ten years later or something like that. Does that does that make sense to you? Yeah, I mean, to them, you could be there um, for five minutes and they're talking to you, and then ten hours later, you know you come back and try and talk to them again and they're not ready to talk. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like they don't, they have no, no schedule for time. There is no time where they're at. It just, it's from a, in the blink of an eye, it could be 50 years later, you know? Yeah. I totally agree. Now, yeah. as far as, uh, 
ghost investigations, and you talked about penitentiaries and all that. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, if you go into a penitentiary, you're not going to, you know, normally see Casper the Friendly Ghost unless you, <laughs> no. you, you know, maybe met some of the nursing staff if they had any there that might be nice or mm-hmm. something. But some of the people that perhaps stuck around might have killed somebody, might be murderers or, you know, really right. bad people, so to speak, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as you've seen by Russ being attacked. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of people say, well, that must be a demon, you know, that's doing it. It couldn't be a ghost. And, no. you know, I, my belief is that there's a big difference. And perhaps demons being in some some area is perhaps more rare than a nasty ghost. So do right. you want to tell me what you think about that? That's very interesting. Um, anyway, it's Halloween, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I can tell you honestly that over over the many years that we've done this, um, that was, the, like I said, that was the first encounter that we had had with any kind of uh, ghost that we didn't expect something like that to happen. Um, it was, now as far as demons go, no. <laughs> I mean, I believe they're out there, um, but I do believe also like you that they they deal with people in a different way. It's more like it's a gradual attack on their their energy. It's a gradual attack on their life in generally, um, how they live, what they do, uh, whatever the case may be, you know. Um, oh, yes. I don't believe it. I don't believe it's like they just come and just push you around. I, I don't believe that um, because I think because of our free will, that it takes them a lot of um, time. <laughs> I know here we go with the time again, but it takes a lot of time in mm-hmm. our aspect for them to be able to destroy us. And they don't want to kill us. They want to destroy us. It's it's an evil attack on everything that is about you, your your life, your energy, your, your, fa- you know, your family, your whatever. You know, it's everything yeah. that you're involved with in life, you know. Um, now, evil. Now there are some dark spirits that I have encountered um, that what I consider dark spirits or, or dark ghosts, if you will, if you will um, are the ones that can do what, what happened to Russ. Um, they build up, they, they've got strong energy. They're the type of ghosts that hold other the other ghosts there when when they want to leave they want to go you know to where they're supposed to go um like in my book uh, like in my story the asylum uh my the one guy uh god i can't even remember his name see i don't read my own book <laughs> i haven't read my stories in a long time so maybe you can remind me um i, I think his name was jack i i do believe i think his name was jack and he he was evil. I mean, he was just pure evil in life. So when he died, he held the other um, patients or spirits there and kept them from moving on. And yeah, so, you and also had he, a Sam and a Bill, which were in the asylum. You had, I believe it was a Sam and a Bill, were also nasty, that mistreated the people in the asylum. Yes, yes, they abused uh, all the patients and the, mostly the women. Um, then they also killed a lot of them too. So, 
they had a it's amazing horrendous... the things that they got away with in those days. Mm-hmm. The things that were going on with no rights, you no know, no lawsuits or any of that, but no nothing well, in place. Was... There's your place. Go ahead and take I... care of them, and nobody checked on them, and they can get away with murder. Right. Well, the thing was, is this this asylum? Exactly. Actually, the word asylum didn't come into effect until probably the early 1900s. Um, be- prior to that, they were called poorhouses or almshouses. Um, yes. And the almshouse, they could get away with anything because they were usually privately owned. And so uh, they weren't run by the state. They weren't governed by the state. Um, there was no rules. Uh, now, there there was, um, just to give you a little background on what I, I read about um, before I actually wrote this story because this would kind of made me want to write a story about uh, the mentally ill. And I actually have a real, I don't know what it is, uh, like a real connection to that kind of thing. I don't know if maybe I was crazy in another life or something. I don't know. um, When I was reading uh, some interesting information and I found out that there was a Native American um, mental asylum in uh, a place called Canton, Canton, South Dakota. Yeah. It was the only one in the it was the only one in the United States at the time. Um they would bring any any Native American who would uh go against what the white people were saying would get put in, in this place. And they were abused, they were wow. chained to radiators, their beds, they were they were starved, they were beaten, I mean you name it, it happened. And the worst of the worst. And um now I mean, the whole story in itself, I mean, is very sad. Um, they would put it, you know, like the Native Americans were introduced to alcohol back in those days by the white people, ended up getting addicted to it, like um, alcoholism, and then placed in these in this particular asylum. Um, I don't know, it's just, now I've gotten gotten myself off track. But anyway, um, the word asylum is, is, is basically new to our time comparative to what happened prior to that. Because in in the in Europe they had a lot of alms houses or poor houses where they would send children. Right. Um, there'd be certain ones for children, right. certain ones for for families, that kind of thing. Yeah. So they were there was no regulation, and these people were. I mean, if you if you ever read about it, you should, because it, the horrific things that happened to those people, um, I couldn't even describe in my story. I mean, it was. It was heart-wrenching for me to even write this story, but I knew that for some reason maybe if I could help uh, bring awareness to what was going on at the time. Because this was like 1895 when his, his little boy's plight starts, you know, so his mother's still driving a carriage, for goodness sakes, you know. So um, it, it it just it made me sad to think that children would be in that situation. We have investigated uh, mental asylums in in the past and they're very I mean David you would have a hard time walking through one of them it's just it's it's very overwhelming all the energy that all the energy that's stored in those places from the abuse from uh just the, the their mental condition that like soaks into the every seam of the building and when you walk through it, you feel it, and it's it's very overwhelming. So I've been and I know been in I hope I answered your question. Because, 
Yeah. But, you know, I've, I mean, I've been in places where I've really had to fight to block that energy. It's really difficult. You know, some places you just can't stay there if you're really super sensitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had people that were at that invest that particular investigation. It was at Northern State um, Mental um, Mental Hospital in Cedar Valley, Washington, which that's where Russ and I are from, is Washington. And we uh, went there. We had, like, 25 people that was with us, and... We brought the building is the building that we investigated was the original hospital building called the Denny Building, and we it was 160,000 square feet. I mean, it's a huge building, and it's shaped kind of like an H, you know, like we're, or like a double, you know, you got two long hallways going one way and then actually two going the opposite direction. It's just like a big square, and it's. Uh, the whole place was just um, Sounds very like hard. It's huge. <laughs> it's it's very huge. I mean, the attic itself is sixty thousand square feet. And wow. up there, up there, we ran into a. <clears throat> I guess you would say he was like a maintenance man. Um, every psychic that was there, there was three of us there. <clears throat> um, and Russ. You know, he wasn't using his abilities that night. He he's kind of like me. I kind of I try to shut it off when I can. If I'm not you, you know, if I'm not you know into a situation, um, in which I can. It's kind of like for me, it's like turning off off and on a light switch. I can turn it off if I want to. Um, and anyway, so we're three different psychics at three different times that night picked up on the same ghost in that attic. So to me, that's a good comfort, good validation that we were on the right track, you know. So yes, it was a ma- it was a maintenance man, and then there was also a young woman up there who had been. Um, and this is one of those situations that I was talking about with with ghosts holding other ghosts in a in in a certain building or a certain location. Um, this oh right, maintenance right. man. Yeah, this maintenance man, his energy in itself was so strong that he was holding this young woman there because he had brought her up there when she was living, when he was living, and um, abused her up there. Well, she was stuck in that attic. Yes, they they can bully you you in the afterlife as well if if you're both passed away (laughs) in the same area and, you know, just what you explain, and then he sees her there, of course, he's going to be, you know, overpower mm-hmm. her and, and control her like that. It's really a shame. When I yeah. read your book, I almost didn't read your book, but I did. No, no, I mean, ex-law enforcement and ex-marine on the one hand, but I'm spiritual on the other side, and my real self mm-hmm. is a spiritual self. And it was hard to start, you know, reading some of the things that you, that you guys wrote in the book, but uh, mm-hmm. I find that something more you know shocking like that this has got to be good so i read into it and then before i knew it i was not only into the story but i can see everything around me i was back in the time my -hmm. mind changed from where i am now and you brought me right back into the past and i really got into the story and i really couldn't wait to find out what happened next and there's twists and turns (laughs) and surprises i mean this is a really darn good book i highly recommend to everybody uh, 
is Beyond Life, The Ghost Chronicles. Excellent book. Now I wanted to ask you something else, you know. Mm-hmm. Following home, ghosts following you home. Can you tell me anything mm-hmm. about ghosts following people home? Some people think oh, yeah. you're stuck there. Some people think they can go wherever they want. Or if they're there, there's a reason or whatever, and they can't follow you mm-hmm. home. Or they can follow you home. What's your opinion on that? Um, I believe they follow, they can follow you home. I don't believe that. Now, now what we were just talking about, the the certain go, certain ghosts being held to one spot, yes, that's true. But it's also true that they can leave there and they can follow you home and they can affect you. Um, like one night when Russ and I, uh, we did an investigation and we had this little Pomeranian dog, right? And we got home and Angel, her name was Angel. <laughs> she was cute. And um, she, we were just getting ready to lay down and go to bed and all of a sudden she just goes off and she's just barking and crazy, like crazy, um, barking at the the corner of the room. Well, I grab my camera real quick and I take pictures and I know a lot of people don't believe in orbs. At certain times I do myself because mm-hmm. there's no reasoning behind okay. this. And I, I got a green orb. There was no reason. It was dark. It, there was no light on. I mean, it was absolutely black in the house. There was no lights, no outside lights, nothing to cause a flare, you know, like a lens flare. Or anything like that, but the dog was just going crazy. And Russ, Russ goes, "Okay, we know you're here. I'm sorry, but you need to go back to where you belong. You don't belong here. You know, we just kind of talked them into going away, and they did. And they went, and the dog quieted down, and we went to bed. I mean, it was like they just wanted to experience a new place, you know. And then they decided to go back. I mean, that's that's what I believe. I think they can go, they can ride in the car with you." It's like in my my story, um, the journal of Clyde Tucker. He rides in the car with these two women to find out more. After the girl finds his journal, they they go into town to talk to her boss, and then he's in the back seat. I mean, you know, he's he's riding along with them. I honestly believe that they can ride in cars. You know. Wow. I don't see why not. And. Uh, yeah. You know, when you went to the, was it Eastern State Penitentiary, wherever it was that Russ got attacked at? Yeah, that was Montana State um, Prison. Montana State Prison, okay. Mm-hmm. What exactly happened there to lead the to the attack? I'm just curious. Poor Russ, they, they always pick it on Russ for some reason. But could you, <laughs> well, would you mind telling us uh, a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, we're investigating. We always break it. We always, our team always broke into. Uh, two teams because there wasn't there's not many there wasn't many of us we had some guests uh, investigators with us um, I think there was like I don't know maybe six or seven of us uh, Russ and his, and his the guy that was usually with him on our on our team um, they actually there was three of them that night and they went off into the 1912 cell block well it's the cell block is huge. Um, it echoes when you're in there, you know, because it's all concrete. Um, Russ was on the second tier. They have three, t- or let's see, what was it, three or four tiers of cells. And then on the on the one end, there's like a stairwell that lead, you climb up to get to whatever tier you want to go to. Hmm. And so, so Russ was on the second tier on the side away from the road. And 
they had walked all the way down to the end. Um, and to kind of give you a background about it is there is the manager, um, Julia Brewer, always requests that you don't uh, uh, upset the ghosts. I mean, they know they're there, they and they, they don't mind them being there, but they don't want anybody getting hurt either. So um, back in the day when the prison was open, and this happens a lot, this used to happen a lot back then, is the, the guards would torment the prisoners by jingling their keys when they're trying to sleep or, or whistling or whatever would keep them awake at night, you know. So Julia said, well, don't, you know, told her son who had the keys that night of, for the cell block, don't jingle the keys and don't, you know, jingle change or whistle or anything like that. Well, Russ and and, and Carrie, one of our investigators, were on the second tier and they hear somebody whistling. Well, Russ got an EVP. It says, "Why don't you get out of here?" And he, it's clear. It's clear you could hear it. It's plain as day. Um, and nobody, nobody was there with with uh, him and Carrie. And they walked to the end of the tier. And Russ walked into the cell, you know, just to do, you know, take some pictures or whatever. And he said it felt so thick and so heavy in there but in a bad way. He said he felt like he was in danger. So he went to turn and leave the cell. Carrie was standing um, just outside the door fixing something on his camera, and Russ had his digital recorder on, and he says, I sense you, buddy. He says it on the, you can hear it on the digital recorder, I sense you, buddy. And And he goes, where are you? And he says he went to walk out of the cell because he didn't feel safe there anymore. And all of a sudden you hear this, it's almost like a swishing sound or a cutting of the air and he gets smacked across the chest and it, it he gets hit so hard that he wow. flies back about about three feet to the back of the cell and the paint uh, wow. off the cell actually actually got embedded into his coat so wow. I mean it was he ended up with a bruise on his chest too I mean it was yeah it was pretty bad yeah so that should answer people's questions if, you know, ghosts can be dangerous or not. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you should have some form of respect for them because they're people just like us. Even if they're criminals in that type of facility, you should use caution, be professional in the mm-hmm. conversation with them. And if, especially if you're in a place like that and then you start taunting them, you know, maybe... By accident, you just start whistling. But you know, if you're professional, you should be cognizant of that. But you no, know, amateur ghost hunters, for example, you go in there and start doing things of that nature, they're definitely going to get some type of reaction, and maybe not the one that they wanted. And it can be mm-hmm. can be really nasty from the sounds of that. Yeah, it can be very dangerous. The the thing is, is that the documented um, ghosts that we've gotten there. Um, there's a man that wears white, there's a woman, uh, there's a, I'm trying to think of how many we've documented, there are several, actually, um, but the two main ones that are, are seen the most is a guard that used to work there, and a man wearing white, which the, that was their uniform, was a white, you know, like a white shirt and white pants and a black belt. Well, everybody's mm-hmm. seen at least those two. I mean, people come out of this place during the during the day. I mean, if you guys ever get a chance to go to Deer Lodge, Montana, 
go to the old um, Montana State Prison Museum. Uh, that's what it is now. It's a museum. And you walk in, and they let you go into the grounds, and there's a self-guided tour. They give you this booklet, and it gives you a self-guided tour. talks about all the different areas of the prison. And people have come out of there to the front desk at the visitor center and said, I'm never coming back here. So you've got ghosts in there. I mean, that's, yeah, that's amazing. You know, the average person can yeah. sense that, uh, it's, you know, it's got to be something there for sure. Now, you know, I know that when you do a paranormal investigation for somebody, mm-hmm. for another party, for example, just to see if the place is haunted, for example, right. that you can't really count personal experiences has evidence you have to show them something caught on a digital recorder, a mm-hmm. tape or something like that. But you no, know, don't you think that in some cases if it's significant enough that perhaps a personal experience at least is important in some way? Well actually you know what, David, um Russ and I, even though we our biggest uh thing is is about making sure that we give substantial evidence that it's not something that can be explained away in other means. But on the site, but on the other hand, we also um, tell the clients our personal experiences, especially if we have a validation from one person to the next. If something's happening at the time and then another person goes in that same area later and has a similar experience, to me, that's a good means of sharing that, you know, with the client because it might also validate what they're experiencing, you know, um, something they might have, might have forgot to tell us, you know what I mean? So Sure, that makes a great not, deal of sense. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. What, what advice would you have if somebody said, no, I love this book and some other books, I want to write a book, but I don't know what to do. You know, is there any advice you could give somebody if if they had a lot of stories to tell and they wanted to put it to writing? Well, I would just tell them to go ahead, go for it. Um, you're not you're not uh, necessarily if you want to send it through. A, try getting a publisher. That's good. Um, I wish I had one myself. <laughs> I don't right now because um, Dan and I self-published uh, Beyond Life's Ghost Chronicles because you know for a few different reasons because I didn't even know where to start. It was my first book. It was like, okay, now I wrote the book. What do I do with it? You know, so, and Dan was the same. We, you know, we talk about everything. So when I say I, I mean we. And we talked about, well, how are we going to get this thing published? Well, I guess we should go ahead and self-publish, at least get it out there, and then maybe somebody might pick it up and, and continue it on or, or at least, you know, publish our next books, you know, that we were that we are both writing actually at the time at this moment. Um, I would also tell them to make sure that you market the book because that you know, yeah, you wrote a book that's exciting, and your name is on that book. I mean, you have no idea. David probably knows. First time you pick up that book and you see your name on that book, it's so exciting. You know, you get yes, almost overwhelmed no by the. Like it. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, I I I published by I mean, I published a book here, you know, this is really cool. But that's just that's just like the my, most minute thing that that happens when you write a book. 
Then comes the marketing. That's the hard part because you have to get it out there any way that you can, and it's going to cost you money. It's not a it's not a mm-hmm, cheap process. Sure yeah, it's very expensive. Matter of fact, because everybody that wants to to market your book wants thousands of dollars to do it. You know, so your I best know. way to do yeah. yeah, you guys understand, I'm sure. And just all I can tell you is, if you want to write a book, write a book. Um, there's go online, do some research. There's a lot of ways to market your book uh, that's more cheap uh, than, than what a lot of people want. Um, uh, listen to seminars, listen to webinars uh, about marketing. There's a lot of free ones out there. I mean, there's also a, um, I just I just discovered this place called Smashwords. It they publish they will publish your eBooks, and you can sell them on on their website and you get 85% of it and they get 15%. You know. That's that's excellent. And you know self publishing is a way to go right now if, if you're on yes. a low budget and you just want to get out there. I highly recommend that. And then you can do with it whatever you want later on, self promote it mm-hmm. whatever. But they did an excellent job of designing your cover unless you did it yourself. But I love the cover of your book that's very attractive. If I saw that mm-hmm. on a bookshelf in the bookstore Amongst the books mm-hmm. there, I'd, I'd probably be the first one I picked up because you know the the dark woods with with the moon and the spirit there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just very right. mysterious. I mean, it draws me to the book. I think the book yeah. cover is, is is really well designed. I, I really like that mm-hmm. a lot. Right. Well, and the thing the was, book is easy I to told, read too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like. See, my thing was in dancing is is that we're just everyday people and. If you expect to to sit down and read a book with all these big fancy words in it, you're not looking at the right authors because we are just everyday people that love to write and we use everyday words so people can read it. Have you ever sat – I mean, I don't know about you, David, but have you ever read down and try, re, tried to sit down and write and read a book that has all these big fancy words in it and you're going, okay, what does that word mean, you know? What are they mm-hmm. trying to convey to me? It's true. It's hard. It's hard. I would rather write it a book is. that people can read, <laughs> you know. Well, Sandy, I want you to tell the listeners out there, and there's also going to be mm-hmm. people listening to it more because you always have lots of downloads in the archive show. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. I want, peop- I want you to let people know that your fantastic book is a form it is in the uh, PDF format also. You want to tell the listeners what you have to say about that? Well, um, I recently acquired a, cop of, a PDF copy of my book, which is a digital, digital format book. And I would like to offer one of your listeners tonight a free copy, a, a free copy of that if they... I don't know, David, how you want to do it. I mean, I don't know how you want to do it. Um, I'd be more than happy to send it to anybody. All you have to do is send me your email, and I'll send it to you. But they, it's David's show, so I'm going to let him decide how he wants to do it. <laughs> well, the first person, you know, I'm sure you guys are listening, even though that some of the people are snoring in the chat room. First person, either in the chat room or to call us, you know, say, I want a copy of her book, uh, that's the person we will select. The first mm-hmm. person to do it to do that 
So if anybody wants a free PDF copy of Beyond Light, the Ghost Chronicles, let us know so Sandy can get you that copy and you can start reading it for Halloween or reading it right yeah, away. It's a great book. <laughs> it really is. I mean, even I'll say that. I, I, <laughs> I love the stories that I wrote. I, it, I wrote it, it's a wonderful book. Mm-hmm. And uh, how how can they get in uh, contact with you? Or do you want to give okay. that information now? Sure. Um, they can sure. get in contact with me at Beyond Life, period, T-G-H, at gmail.com. Beyond Life. Oh, let me type this in. I'm going to type it in. Okay. Beyond, Beyond Life. Beyond Life. Dot. Period. T-G. T-G-H. At gmail.com. Uh-huh. Okay. The first person that uh, sends Sandy an email at beyondlife.tgh at gmail.com gets a free copy. Mm-hmm. And I also advertise it on Facebook, too, and whoever the first taker is, yeah. you know, whatever timestamp is on the email, that's the person who will get that copy. Okay. That's going to be yeah, awesome. This, awesome. Yeah. And it's it's a wonderful... Uh, I'm, excuse me just a minute. <laughs> I left the door open and I got movies leaking into the the room here. <laughs> um, yeah, because okay. I... You I, got, I you got kitty cats? Do I have kitty cats? Well, I have one cat, but she's an outdoor cat because... She won't shut up, and she meows all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she just wants attention. <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't matter. I if walked, she's, I if she's walked by our cat. Go ahead, Cheryl. Yeah, you know, cats are sensitive to ghosts, too, you know. Do your, do your cats yeah. ever stare at anything? Um, We've had cats in the past um, that actually have, yeah, Um my daughter actually lived in this apartment and I went over to visit her and she had this cat and we were sitting there talking and the room, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, David, but the room gets colder when there's spirit activity. Um, it's like it could be warm and all of a sudden the temperature just drops off when you start talking about spirits or ghosts. And the cat's like puffing up like a Halloween cat with the tail straight up and the whole thing and walking sideways because and looking into Brandy's room and her bedroom because it was like the small little studio apartment but she had a little bedroom off to the back of the apartment and we were sitting there going what is wrong with that cat <laughs> you know and so we look in there we don't see anything obviously but um, right. the cat just kept walking sideways and doing this Halloween cat thing it was kind of funny actually <laughs> I've seen dogs. I've seen dogs um, in spirit, so you know. Well, Sandy, is there anything else you'd like to let everybody know? Well, yes, there is. Actually, <laughs> uh, Russ and I um, will be so uh, very soon starting starting a uh, uh, doing presentations and speaking engagements. Um, we will we yeah we're we're gonna be doing uh something 
Well, the presentations overall, the business is called Life Beyond Life Presentations. And we will be talking about different types of things. We'll be talking about the paranormal in generally. We're talking about spirit, the spiritual side of it and combining them into one presentation because we feel that without the spiritual side, you won't understand the paranormal side. You know? Right. right. I, I I, tru- I truly believe that ghosts and spirits, you know, in combination makes a, a, a better understanding for investigations and what you're looking at as and far as evidence. they're intertwined. Yes. And they're I, intertwined. Thank you. So. Thank you. That's the word I was thinking of, trying to think of anyway. <laughs> I have troubles. I don't know about you guys, but the older I get, I swear, I walk from one room to the next and forget what I'm going in in to get. You know, it's terrible. I think I'm getting sun timers. Sun timers, I like that. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes I remember and sometimes I don't. <laughs> mostly it's mostly. I usually it's, remember just the shopping channels. <laughs> I remember just the shopping channels. That's all I remember now. <laughs> I'm sure David appreciates that. <laughs> oh yeah, what could I say? <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh good boys, a lot but, of you fun. Know, David, have you ever run around across somebody like me who does not do readings? Yeah, oh yeah. I, I yeah. know a lot of people that have the gift because you have the gift of mean you have to do readings. You could just mm-hmm. you know, like use it to improve your life or something and that's it or maybe right. use it in investigative work like you do you don't have to mm-hmm. give readings for it you no know, it could be used in many different ways i just chose to do it because when i went to you know, the courses i found that i had a really strong gift in mediumship and uh, i kept getting you know all these things going on and even when i went to mm-hmm. places you know i got Ghost, spirits, animals, all kinds of stuff. I just say, you know what? I really like that. It's really amazing. So I just stuck with that. I can't. You know, if you go to a doctor and say, "Can you check?" You know, you're you're in pediatrics. Check my mm-hmm. child. Now you now you go B G Y N and now surgery. Like, hey, I'm a doctor. Okay, I specialize. Right. I can't do all this stuff. I don't have time for it. I can't train. Well, I'm I'm medium. All right. I don't have time to teach meditation, do this, do that, mm-hmm. do healings, and not. No, I don't. I prefer to you know, put all my time and energy, you know, in teaching and doing readings and writing. Mm-hmm. That's about it. So I don't have time for all this. But you know, sure, occasionally I go on a ghost investigation or whatever. Like mm-hmm. when I went to Alcatraz, you know, that's amazing. Nice. When I went to Alcatraz for the first time, uh, I expect to come upon somebody like rusted you know what i mean mm-hmm. but instead mm-hmm. of a, a girl ghost of a little girl had mm-hmm. a conversation with her she held Great. my hand and, and my my fingers turned to ice like wow so i talked to her for a while and then you know mm-hmm. told her i had to leave and she left i did research because you know alcatraz is always there but i i went there and i didn't read about mm-hmm. it and so i did some research and found out that uh, in fact a little girl about that age did pass away and the guards, mm-hmm. and the officers lived in the house, and the guards lived in the apartments, and they had their family. This one right. girl fell the top story and died there, and she told me she was looking for her parents, and she was afraid. There's some nasty people there, blah, blah, blah. So 
I said, wow, no wonder there's a, a little girl ghost stuck there. But, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. the surprises, you know, in, in the, the world of paranormal, you never know, like uh, Forrest Gump says, what you're going to get, you know. The box yeah, of exactly. Know what yeah, yeah, exactly. I and I... Go ahead, Cheryl. I was going to say, I, I, I do it to find out what he's looking at. And... Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't do readings, so right. It's well, but it's my, it's really easy. He's he's an easy read for me, you know what I mean? Because I could, you know, I don't know if it's just, you know, because he's my husband and you know, like you and Russ, you guys have been together so long that you yeah, know, we're, we're finish each other's yeah. sentences. Mm-hmm, exactly, mm-hmm. And, and so you're so well connected. So it's almost like, <laughs> well, it's hard for. David and I to watch TV sometimes because then he'll just say one word and he'll just blow the movie for me and I'm like oh honey don't don't say it don't say it you know because he was just you know just like oh she's not gonna find him in the end or something crazy right. and I already know but you know how you want to watch how the movie unfolds and stuff like that you know so that this little stuff like that but you know we're really mm-hmm. well connected but I know this is his calling I know this is his calling and I'm Right. You know, I'm like, you know, he's Lone Ranger and I'm like Tonto. I'm just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. I'm there, you know. <laughs> well, a lot of people ask, you know, she's a good medium because, you know, she's given some excellent readings. And when we were in uh, more than one course, you know, just because we wanted to learn as much as we could, we were enduring Virtue's course. And she gave her, you know, a totally awesome reading. Like, wow. But they, a lot of people have asked, well, if your wife's such a good psychic medium, you know, a great medium, and, you know, I am and I do it, why doesn't she? And and the reason is she's always afraid of the woo factor, but it runs in her mm. family as well as mine. And I right. guess uh, Spirit had to plan to let her go through the courses with me and everything so she could have an understanding and not be fearful of it. And to support mm-hmm. me, and mainly that's it. She's just interested in supporting me, but she just mm-hmm. needs to get over the fear and get the knowledge. So she doesn't have to do readings. She just has it merely to support me. And I said, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Just because you have the right. gift doesn't mean you have to do it. But that well, makes my, sense to me. My thing is, is that I actually, I do, I mean, I can't say that I don't do readings because I actually have done readings, but usually mm-hmm. they're brought mm-hmm. on by they're usually brought on by spirit being very insistent that I say something. You know what I mean? <clears throat> like we were in Walmart one time. We were in Walmart one time, and there's this woman in front of me, right? And all of a sudden, I'm getting this, this, you know, that chipmunky sound in my ear, you know, and, and it's did like going a hundred miles. Oh my god! Yes, I did. Yeah, this oh one it sounds god. like okay. me. It's a side chipmunk. story. We'll have to talk about that later. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, we will. It's okay. And I'm standing there, and I, I'm starting to get all this communication from this this older woman, you know. And she's telling me, that's my daughter. I need, you know, basically, I'm kind of filling in the blank. You know how that goes. They'll they'll give you certain things, but they won't give you the whole sentence kind of thing. Well, anyway, the, she's she's telling me this stuff, and that, that she needs to know, her daughter to know that she's, um, she's okay, you know, and she loves her, and the whole gambit. And I said, oh, I can't do this. This is Walmart, for God's sake. <laughs> I'm standing in line behind this woman, me and Russ, and I said, oh, my God. And Russ goes, what? And I said, well, I have this, this spirit is trying to tell me to 
tell this woman that it's her mother and da 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 da, you know. And so he said, we'll do it, you know. And so I waited till we got out of the line. The woman was still, thank God, still standing close by. So I don't know what she was doing, but I walked up to her and I said, ma'am, I hate to really, I hate to bother you. I said, but you're going to think I'm crazy. I said, but there's, there's a woman here telling me that she's your mother and that she wants you to know that she loves you and that she's, she's safe and, or, or that she's fine, I should say. And, you know, I told her what her mother had said and she goes, her mouth kind of dropped open. She goes, uh, and I even told her her name because usually I don't get names very well. Um, I don't know about you, David, but I, names just don't. It's the same way. Reason. It's the same way. It's difficult because they don't use names in the spirit world. They just use thoughts to communicate, and you get all the information without names, and you don't need a name because each spirit's like a fingerprint. When you're thinking mm-hmm. about that person in spirit, you connect to the energy directly. So he goes, hey, Ralph, are you out there? You don't. You just think about Ralph, and he's there. So, you know, and mm-hmm. you don't even have to think about his name. You just think about who is this person. So a lot of times you, you won't get names, mostly newly crossed people or somebody with you know, really strong energy that's an older soul perhaps may tell you the name for a reason. But generally, you are correct. It's a challenge to mm-hmm. get names a lot of times. Well, you know that it was it was. But anyway, I I went and I told this woman uh, I, everything that I you know the woman she had told me and she said well, she said what was her name and I said she didn't give me a name. You know because I, I think that it's just that they don't want to tell you their name because the person should know them. If you give them enough information that would right. be specific to I that person, that. they should they should know it's their mother or their father or their grandmother or whatever. And so I totally now when, agree. I'm, when, I, when I'm investigating, it's a little different because I'm trying to – Russ gets names and dates and things like that. That's that's his, like, specialty, you know. Me um, – and he can get other stuff, but he, he just chooses not to, I guess. His – Russ – now, you're going to think this is really strange, but Russ gets his information from songs. Like, we were at an investigation – in Washington, in a place uh, in Concrete, Washington, where we used to live. And we were in this uh, Eagles, like a, not Eagles, but kind of like the Moose Club or the Eagles Club or whatever, they, you know, it's like a fraternity kind of club. And we were investigating Hot there. Water buffalo. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> we're, we're in there, and we're, we're in the back, um, one of the back meeting rooms. And Russ starts hearing this song in his head. It's a Waylon Jennings song, okay? I don't know which one because I can't remember. It's been several years ago. But he keeps getting this Waylon Jennings song, and it won't go out of his head. So usually when he gets a song like that, it either has to do with the name of the person or something in the song specifically that comes out, you know. And it's usually okay. about the, the ghost that's there. Well... He's wandering around with his flashlight, looking at all these plaques that are on the wall and stuff. And he walks over. In this particular case, it, he kept getting the, you know, it was a Waylon Jennings song, so he assumed that it was because they wanted him to know something about a person named Jennings or whatever. So he walks over to this plaque on the wall behind this big desk. And the very first name, the founder of that particular club, 
was W. Jennings. Yeah, that makes sense to me. That's amazing. But yeah. everybody does it, gets, you know, gets information different way. And he gets it in movies and, and music. I know that sounds crazy, but then then he gets his years. I don't know how he gets those, but, you know, they get communicated to him. And now me, I get more of a feeling like of an era, you know, like uh, say the say the ghost is from. Oh, like 1920s or right. something like that. Right, like. Okay. A historical era kind of thing. That's how I get my my dates. I get pretty close. I'll get I'll see like the numbers, eighteen. Say for instance, eighteen seventy five. Well, I might get the, you know, it'll come in like like segments. Like it'll go one eight. I'll see a one, a eight, a nine, or or a seven and a five, for instance, um, in images instead of com- it being communicated into my mind. You know. Uh, so when you go ahead, when you speak to spirits like that, so you get uh, I'm just trying to guess now, you're clairvoyant, you get a, uh, signs or symbols or pictures, you see what they look mm-hmm. like, you're clairaudient, mm-hmm. you can hear them talk, mm-hmm. and you're clairsentient, mm-hmm. you can sense them. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, say I'm not clairaudient. I, I, you know, whenever I need to hear sounds, I do. But it's not something I use all the time. Only when it's needed. Most name, clairvoyant. You know, I can see the person I'm talking mm-hmm. to, and if they want to show mm-hmm. me something, I'm clairsentient. I can sense, but I'm also claircognizant. In other words, I have a telepathic communication with them, which is almost like clairaudience. But you know, they might tell me a whole paragraph, and I receive it in like a second, and I can just start saying what they're saying. So that's kind of how mm-hmm. I do mine. Right. And you're right about right. names, you know. I might describe what they look like, how they died, or say something about the personality. And, you know, you're right. The person should know who that is. Mm-hmm. Well, either that or I might, I might get a letter, you know, like a first name letter, like a J or a G or a M or whatever. And a lot of times if I get that, if if I'm lucky enough to get that letter, usually it, they'll tell me if it's a... if the name is a, like a hard J or a hard G, you know what I mean? It's like like Gerald or whatever, you know, it's, you never know, I never know from one goes to the next whether they're going to give me that information, but they always give me what they look like when they died yeah, or how they died. I get how they died. It's hard you know, to like, give that. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. I, yeah. I think, and, you know, that's that's important my, what you're saying. Go continue. My my thing is is that they don't always give me. Now this is something that a lot of people don't don't understand is that when when you're communicating with spirit or with a ghost, um, you you don't always get what you want. They're gonna t- they're gonna give you the information that they want. It's not like it's not like you're writing down questions and they're answering every question. It doesn't work that way. It, it works in right. in almost almost the opposite. You know, it works like yeah. this is what I want you to know. I look like this and this and this. This is how I died. This is, you know, this is when it was. Um, that kind of thing. That's what that's what I get. I also get the sense of how they died. Like, 
uh, I'll get a heaviness in the chest, which usually, and depending on how it feels, is whether I can tell if it was tuberculosis, um, cancer, uh, whatever. Or I'll get a pain in my stomach or a pain in my back or depending on and and depending on how it feels is what I usually it, whether it was from disease uh murder you know accident whatever that's how i it's so hard to describe I can't even yeah you're more empathic like no a lot of mediums yeah. get that sense not uh, even though I'm clairsentient i don't i don't know there's mm-hmm. been a few times when i've you know had that, but rarely do I get it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mostly am shown that or told that. And when I, you know, speak with uh, crossover spirit from heaven, I can have conversation with them, ask some questions, whatever. But mm-hmm. if they want to say something to push it on me, and I have to say that. And secondly, there's no guarantee who's going to show up just because you want mm-hmm. so and so somebody with the most important message may show up or whatever. And I guess with ghosts, too, if you're somewhere and you want to speak to the known ghost, somebody else might show up and they just might start telling you stuff that they want to tell you, just like you said, you know. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. We don't control them. They show up mm-hmm. and they're, you know, they're going to let you know what they want to let you know. I'll, I'll tell this to your listeners. If just because you think that uh, Uncle George is supposed to come talk to you because you were close to him in life, doesn't always work that way. To me, I don't know, this is the way I kind of put it out there to people, is that they kind of have a spokesperson, <laughs> you know, and that spokesperson is probably the one that's going to communicate with you. They're the ones with the strongest energy um, that are going to be able to communicate what they want you to know, or they, you know, does that make sense? Uh, that's kind of how it, it makes easy. sense. Yeah, it's easiest for me to explain it to people that way. Just because you want to talk to your dad doesn't mean it's going to happen, you know. Absolutely. I get that in readings all the time. Uh, they say, well, is my, you know, is my auntie there? And I said, yeah, but she's quiet, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Uncle Bill saying everything. He said, would you like to ask you something, you know, and they will. But you know, everybody... Here's a personality with him pretty much so. If you have Joe Marine there, he's able to step up first and be telling you all kinds of stuff. And then if, you, if Aunt B was an introvert and shy, you know, you may really yeah. have to wrestle to try and get anything out of her at all, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, I do. So that, well, that makes perfect sense. Well, my thing is is that when I'm when I see them, you know, you get that, that visual of them, um, if they're standing out outwards of, I know, I know this is going to sound really weird to you, but but I don't know because I don't know how you see them, but when I see them, they they come in almost like they're coming out of a, a a mist, and if they're standing in that mist, it's harder for me to describe what they look like other than basic a basic description. If they come out of that mist for me it means that I'm going to get a clear visual of them and be able to describe them in detail, you know. And I think it depends yeah, on their I, energy. It does. It really does. But I, I see them you know, usually when I first see them, I see them uh, with light all around them or, you know, like a white mm-hmm. background. And then as yeah, I yeah. start talking to them more, I, I, let, let's say the ones from heaven uh, crossed over. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm just curious about 
you know, what do you want to show me where you're at or whatever. And then I'll see, you know, somebody standing by a cottage or in a green pasture with trees in the background or something like that. If not, mm-hmm. I'll see everything. And, and if it's a ghost, I'll see uh, the person. There would be really nothing around them except, you know, like maybe a mist or, or something like that. Just, I mean, it's just like you said. You know, it's really difficult to explain how you're seeing them, but it's pretty much how you said is I think pretty much everybody that does see with clairvoyance, because not everybody does. Some people, mm-hmm. they don't see them, but maybe they can hear them or sense mm-hmm. them or, or get telepathy, but not actually see them. But seeing is the rarer of the abilities, clairvoyance. And I'm always amazed to see what others tell me what they see, and it's always very mm-hmm. similar. Yeah, well, there. I mean, the mist is in a light. It's like lit, you know. Um, now, when I'm seeing ghosts, uh, like the descriptions of a ghost, it's different. It's more of a a faded color, like a faded light, than like when like what you were describing when you see someone who has crossed. It's it's brighter, you know. It's it's. Oh yeah. You know, like like it's illuminated more. Oh yeah, I totally agree. Yes, I didn't mm-hmm. say that, but you you said it. And that's that's the way it is. Yeah, it certainly is. Now you know there's always a, a controversy about orbs, you now, and there is you know perhaps a few orbs that you catch in a photograph that you no know, doesn't look like mm-hmm. the shape of a bug, doesn't look like a dust particle because um, maybe it moved in a couple of pictures, you know, in a, a mm-hmm. specific pattern that a bug right. wouldn't do, which would just shoot across, or a dust floating, you know, and then the orb might have a really strong orb that's really clear. It's not like, well, could it be this that, that maybe mm-hmm. has a specific color to it, like green or red or something like that, gold, whatever. Right. You know, something that's really... and. It occurred at the same time somebody had the experience, not before, not after, you know, seeing that or a, a mist, you know, when nobody's smoking and there's no fog, no cold air, whatever. Right. I mean, you know, you have to really analyze it. But, you know, there are such things as that, though, for sure. Don't you agree? Yeah. Well, I think mm-hmm. so. Um, I think at certain times, I now, if you can't describe, there's nothing else that contributes to that particular thing, yes. I mean, actually, I've seen it for myself. I mean, it's it's not something that should have happened, but it did, and so I can't explain it away. Those are the kind of things that I look for in pictures or video, you know, because of being... My investigative side comes out before my spiritual side comes out, you know, um, because oh, there's yeah, so you have many... Oh, yeah, you skeptical. Yeah. I mean, there's... I'm a... I guess you could say a, a skeptical, uh, gifted person. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I even even after all the experiences I've had in my life, um, like what happened when me when I had my near death experiences, I've had three. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I've touched the other side many times. So it's not like I know that it's not there because I do know it's there. You know, it's just trying to explain it to. You know, trying to explain it to other people is a little harder. That's the hard part. And, yeah, and, that's yeah. the hard. And that would make an interesting show. Talk about 
you know, near-death experiences. It would be very interesting. But one mm-hmm. one last question I want to ask you as we're winding down mm-hmm. here in time. And okay. What is a Class A, B, or C, whatever, EVP? Okay. <laughs> um, well, a Class A is one that you don't have, that you it, you turn on the recorder or you play it back on your computer and you hear it and you don't even have to mess with the sound or nothing. I mean, and the words are very defined. Like me and you are talking right now, you can hear them. You know, a class B, it's a little bit more hard to hear. You know, you might have to mess with the sound just a little bit to to boost up the gain a little bit um, to define the words that they're saying. A class C is you hear something, but you can't. It's unexplainable. You can't understand what it's saying. Uh, what the what it could be a sound. And that's something that's different, too. A lot of people call everything EVP, but it's not. There's different kinds of phenomena. There's an EVP, which is electronic voice phenomena. Then you've got SPs, which are sound phenomena. You've got, um, oh, God, what is it? SVP, sound sound and voice phenomena. I mean, there's, there's a, a range of them. Everybody just kind of classifies everything into EVP. And it's right, yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. That's why I thought it there's was a, all just EVP. Yeah. Mhm. There's just a big difference. Interesting. And then there's voice and, uh, phenomena. Guess, those are those are the ones that you hear, but you don't record. And then this is really yeah, odd. that's <laughs> amazing. And it's rare that you can hear it and record it at the same time. But mostly, that's not always the case. Isn't that interesting how right. that happens? Mhm. Yeah. I mean, there's there's many different. Uh, many different forms, you know, of investigating. And Russ and I try not to classify anything, you know, into one big group. It's like we break it down into different things, like I was just explaining with the EVPs. Oh, yes, you have to have a way to, you know, to put pieces of puzzles together, and not everything Mm -hmm. is the same. It's not white. It's not white, and black is not black. You know, it could be exactly. anything different because we're still trying to discover exactly what's going on. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the ghost box, I uh, something like that, devices like the ghost box or whatever. I, you know, find those things to be very interesting too. But mm-hmm. you know, different people have different opinions on them. But you know, all I can right. speak about that is I've just seen it on TV and mm-hmm. it seems to be very right. interesting. It is interesting, but to be honest with you, um, Russ and I are are basic old school investigators. We use a camera, a video camera, if we have one, and a voice recorder, <laughs> and we find it works quite well for us. Anyway, that's you know. that's good, and you can't go wrong with that. You've been very successful, so mm-hmm. there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, we're running out of time, and we thank you so much for being on the show. It was really oh, it was interesting. Fun. It was fun. Really had a great interesting. Time. And your book is really good, and I would recommend, I mean, I would highly recommend everybody get uh, Sandra's and Daniel's book, Beyond Life, mm-hmm. The Ghost Chronicles. And it has lots of interesting stories. Once you start reading, you won't put it down. Secondly, <laughs> when you start reading, you're getting to forget wherever you are. It brings you right into that world. Like mm-hmm. when I finished reading and looked around, and I said, "Oh my gosh!" You know, 
I'm coming back from wherever it was I just went. You know, I can feel the wind and the see the sails of the boat, the water and everything. You you're uh-huh. a good writer. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I try to be. Um I just want to say one thing, um, is that I is that coming in early uh well, probably late winter, I have another book coming out. It's it's a little different. It's not ghosts, it's uh it's about vampires and zombies. <laughs> it's called Raven's Blood. Um Ooh. it's gonna be oh, a series right. of three books. Right. Yeah. A series of three books and I will be announcing probably pretty soon when that one will be coming out. I hope hopefully soon anyway, so excellent. Well thank you very much. We'll be looking forward to it and you no know, please mm-hmm. keep us informed about that. We really appreciate mm-hmm. it. And I guess Not we'll see you on Facebook. Absolutely. Be on Facebook. And you guys and have a like wonderful a- night. Thank you so much. We'd like to have you back on again sometime to talk about whatever. And I'd like to have Russ there, too, because, you know, he's always a, a wonderful person to talk to. Yes, and I'd like so, I would love for him to come back. Yeah. We should have a show about near-death experiences because Russ could talk about his because he had an amazing one after that, his accident. So Then that's what we'll do then. We'll okay. plan on it. And, you know, we're sending Russ angels and prayers and healing energy and hope he recovers very soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And God He's bless doing you really guys, good, by the way. You. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, great. No problem. Thank you very much, Sandy, for coming on. We really had mm-hmm. a great time and wish you happy okay. Halloween. Oh, same to you. Keep, keep your... Keep your uh, Definitely. Watch out for those monsters that come to your door. <laughs> I know, oh. you know. I was looking for my my uh, multicolored wig. I couldn't find it. You know the one that the clowns wear, and I couldn't uh-huh. find it. <laughs> the, we, the duck is back. The duck is back, people. I was looking for that song to play um, before the show, Monster Mash. <laughs> oh, I couldn't funny. find it. You know now that one's really good. So are you? Um, I love that song. Wait a minute, aren't they having a party at Sci-Fi? I don't know. I don't know. I could have swore that they're supposed to be having um, a ghost haunt somewhere there. So it was just oh. interesting. Um, I always like to watch all the spooky shows that come on for Halloween, you know, all the different shows that they right. have and ghost right. investigations and ghost haunts that they go and do. And as I'm sitting there with, like, one eye open and one eye under the cover, <laughs> just watching it. So. <laughs> I love those kind of movies, too. Yes. It's that time of year, you know. Yes, it is. You said (laughs) you were going to ask me something, David. What was it? Yes, about radio. Mm Mm-hmm. About about your show. Yeah, we're planning on um, kicking it back. Well, actually, Russ and Randy are going to be kicking it back on probably beginning of the year sometime. But with my okay, book coming, book, new book coming out, it's kind of hard for me to. Busy. Yeah. I totally understand. I know I'm just getting back to my second book myself, so that that'll be interesting. But mm-hmm. with the name of the show, is it still going to be the same? I think so. Yeah. Which is Dark Moon Rising, uh, radio or TV, whichever comes first. Probably, probably be radio. Okay. <laughs> Okay, let us know when you get that back on the air, too. 
I will. I will. And I hope you guys have a happy Halloween. I know it's yeah, hard too. to let you go because we've been having so much fun. <laughs> I know. I know. I love talking to you guys. You guys are wonderful. Oh, thank you. Oh, thanks. I know. Now I'm shy. Well, <laughs> yeah. well that's okay. Happy it's Halloween. Okay happy Halloween. Talk to you later. All right. Okay. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Send our love to rest. Bye-bye. All right. I will. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody. Happy Halloween. This is Beyond the Gate Radio. Also, don't forget to listen to our friend show, Sci-Fi Radio, hosted by Donna Stewart. That's a great radio show. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Gate Radio, and have a happy Halloween. God happy bless Halloween. everybody. Good night, Terrell. Good night, David. Thank you. Thank you for a wonderful show. Thank you, everyone in chat. And thank you, everyone, for listening and archived. See you next time on Beyond the Gate Radio. Bye.